Welcome to the Parent Matters Podcast, where we help you navigate the ever-changing landscape of parenting and equip you with tools to confidently parent your children. I'm Susan Stutzman, and today we're starting a mini-series called Families Dealing with Feelings. I first presented this at an area library as a six-week series, and I found that it was really helpful to consider feelings that all families tend to experience at some time or another. So today we're going to start with the feeling of anger. And one thing that I want to remind everyone is that we all have it. Our kids have it, and we have it. And sometimes anger can come on quickly, and sometimes it leaves quickly. And sometimes it boils for a long time. But no matter how it shows up, it can become a really tricky feeling, especially in the midst of family dynamics. So I want to talk a little bit about tips today for caregivers on navigating anger in your home. First, I, you know, one of the things that I think is really important to think about is um, the definition of anger. So what is anger? Well, part of what I want to talk about today is that commonly anger can be categorized as something bad or an aggressive feeling that children shouldn't have. Negative feelings typically associated with anger are hostile thoughts. Some outward signs can include screaming and hitting. They can include rage, kicking, running away. You name it, maybe ignoring or uh, blow up, um, destruction, and more. As parents and as caregivers, we have all seen this, not only in our children, but perhaps if you're honest, maybe some in yourself. And anger, anger can come in many, many forms. Sometimes I think, though, it's really important not only to look at what it might what it might look like on the outside, but also what might be underneath. What's behind that anger? So as a clinician, I deal with children and families each day um, thinking about ways to solve problems as they feel stuck and to help them think and navigate through ways that they could get unstuck. Because anger isn't just a one-size-fits-all. It shows up as different things. It's important to not only look at what it's showing up as, but also what's behind it. So what happens before your kid gets angry? What happens before you get angry? And sometimes it's important to, in navigating this and thinking through it, to just take a deep breath and begin as parents or caregivers to notice what happens when you're asked this following question. So if you're in a place where you can take a deep breath, hopefully anywhere you are, you can take a deep breath. I encourage you to take in the air and let it out. So first I'm going to make a statement and then I'm going to ask a question. I want you to after having taken that deep breath, just think about the last time your child got really angry and notice what happens. 
what happens in your body when you think about the last time that they got angry. I know in my experience, and even right now, thinking about um, the last time my child got angry yesterday, we were somewhere and I started getting um, a little anxious myself, a little angry, confused as to, okay, how am I going to get out of this situation? Um, I was with some people that I had just met. It wasn't a um, exciting moment for me to have my child get angry. And part of it too is pressure. Um, what are people going to think of me? How are we going to navigate this situation? What if my child continues to blow up? I sometimes can get hot. I can get tense. I can begin to have neck pain. My feelings can be, I feel out of control. And Sometimes what's really helpful is to think about, okay, so if that's behind what I'm feeling, I wonder if that is um, behind what my child is feeling as well. Um, one of the clinicians that I um, like to um, listen to and have been trained some by, um, her name is Lisa Dion, and she had, talks about this, this concept of a setup the setup is that a child feeling a feeling will also try to get you to feel the same way. This isn't a new concept. John Bowlby, who is um, the father of attachment work, he often is um, ascribed these um, different ways that we attach or interact with caregivers and people. And oftentimes the, the way that we see children interacting um, has a lot to do with the way that they have been exposed to the world and their inner working model, if you will, also is coming out. What they know about people, how they know to respond. So anger can get really tricky because it's not just about your kid. Even if the child that is in your life or the children that are in your life seem to um, be exhibiting feelings that you might not in the moment. And so sometimes when it feels out of control, it can be hard to know how to navigate. So hopefully in this moment, you're not in an angry state um, or are able to get to a space where you can think through some things. And so I want to give you a few tips on how to navigate through anger with your children. And the first is um, to practice self-care. So taking deep breaths, knowing how to get your body in a place that feels regulated or balanced is really important. And so even though it can feel almost um, overwhelming or something that is not able to be done, I would encourage you to begin to practice this. So as you are working to help your children, you are beginning to practice a way to get to a space that can give you more bandwidth to be able to deal with anger or to provide problem-solving tips to your children. So sometimes this looks like practicing breath and then knowing that when your child is angry, you can take a deep breath. You can almost step outside of the situation yourself just for a moment without stepping outside. You are calming yourself down or regulating yourself. You can still have high energy. Calm doesn't mean like zen, mm, 
but it does mean that you have control over part of your body at least. And then I would encourage you to think about this is that with anger, oftentimes naming it out loud um, is really important. And the reason why is because if you're feeling something or your child is feeling something, if you are if you name it, it can feel validating and a child might begin to talk or they may be able to see that you see them and feel that scene um, feeling and then get a little bit more bandwidth to deal with whatever's going on, the reason behind why that anger is showing up. So I wrote down a few things to consider. First, name what you see and don't ask questions. In the moment of anger, if you are saying, why are you feeling this way? What do you think's going on? If a child doesn't have a ton of bandwidth to make good choices or they're already angry, it takes more bandwidth or more energy to begin to think about answering a question or why something's happening. In my experience, I've found that when kids are angry and you ask them those questions, they either get angrier or they make something up and lie, or they start to talk about what is going on for them, but then they begin to blame you or blame someone else. And so from my perspective, it is much better for a parent or caregiver, once they have taken a deep breath, is to respond empathically first. Don't always try to problem solve. State instead of ask questions. It can look something like this. I'm going to take a deep breath. I see your fists are full of feeling. Let's let that feeling punch this pillow or throw this ball. Squeeze the Play-Doh. Any number of those things. Noticing and then giving them an option instead of, I wonder if you're feeling angry. What do you think you can do with that feeling? can be really powerful. Now, this doesn't always work with every kid, depending on where you catch the anger or where it is or how far down the path of um, a cycle you are in a family. So sometimes you have expected paths that begin to take place or be enacted. If your child gets angry every morning before breakfast or before getting their school uniform on or getting their backpack ready, and you've had this pattern for a number of years, beginning tomorrow by taking a deep breath and naming might actually not work. In fact, I, I would say, even though I'm not in your home, it probably won't work. It might, but more, more likely than not, it won't, just because you have this pattern that has been going on for a while. So being able to reflect and talk about it when your child's a little calmer might be a better way to have an inroad at first. But regardless, it could be helpful to begin to name these things at times that aren't as heated, but are times where the child is getting angry. And then if you're able to do that, so taking a deep breath, responding empathically and with statements instead of questions, I would encourage you to, inc to work with your child to explore what the anger might need. So again, in the morning, if your child is typically angry, stomping around, throwing things, upset, and it's hard to get out of the door, I would not start 
working on these anger strategies at that time. However, if you have a little more time and they're angry about dinner and you have another person in the house, like a partner or a spouse that can help you with these things, I would begin to think about trying these techniques at that time. So at a dinner time or right before dinner when you may have additional support, especially if there's more children in the house or you need help and you guys as a couple or as a team are working together to start taking a deep breath, naming the feelings for your child. I see you're angry that you didn't win that game and you want to keep trying, but it's time for dinner. And then if the child continues, you have support with you in, and it's a lesser, a lesser time to, um, or time frame that is a time crunch. At least in my opinion, in the mornings, it can be trickier if you're trying to get kids off to school than if you have a little bit more time at dinner time. And then after you've made these statements, and if you're able to catch your child's eye and get them to de-escalate because you have, you're in a balanced state and you're seeing them, you can begin to explore what the anger might need in that moment. So sometimes anger comes up because of anxiety. Sometimes anger comes up because they're feeling left out. Sometimes anger comes up because they're jealous. Sometimes anger comes up because they're feeling lonely. And so Sometimes it can be really helpful to explore books or resources that other people have written in order for your child to be able to see examples, as well as you as a parent. So I really like this book, and there's no financial backing that I'm getting from this, but I do want to name this book. It's called Grumpy Monkey. It's a fascinating read for the very fact that there's multiple friends or multiple people in the monkey's life that tell him what he's feeling and how to get out of the feeling. But the, what the monkey needs is not any of those things at that moment. A similar book is The Rabbit Listened. And there's when we have feelings, a lot of times it's... it's something that a parent or a caregiver or a teacher um, might want to help the child to learn is over um, overemphasized or just um, there's it's glossed over if you will and what helps me I assume might help another child but if you are able to give a child menus or sit with them and just be with them in the feeling, they will figure out what they need. Um, and as long as there's no hurt, so they're not hurting someone else, we as parents and caregivers, the longer we can sit with them or help them in this, then we can help them to be building up their own arsenal or toolbox, if you will, of strategies to deal with these feelings or to understand why they're there and what to do with them. So oftentimes, not when the child's angry, but later on, I'll read um, books like Grumpy Monkey or The Rabbit Listened, and we'll talk through what does, what does your anger need? Does it need space? Does it need a hug? Does it need a bath? Does it need to burn energy? And then um, 
I have a lot of training in somatic work, and what I find is to explore through experiments is some of the best way forward for children and parents. So instead of saying, here's five things that you need to do when you get angry, I encourage them to think about things that have worked, things that haven't worked, things they might read in a book, and then let's pick one or two to experiment with this week. So again, when your child is feeling full of anger or frustration, this is again, this is not the time to practice the experiment. If you practice before the anger, practice multiple times, then we're going to be able to implement or integrate it into those times of anger more readily. However, we have to start at the very beginning. So my tip is begin to practice things in order to help your child have more space. And as you're doing that, you're going to be taking care of yourself because you want to model it. You're going to be naming feelings. And oftentimes this will look like you having to name your own feelings as well as what you see in a child. And if they say, no, that's not it, then you can also model, oh, I got it wrong. Well, I wonder what that feeling might need. And as you go along and you begin to practice new ways of dealing with anger or or meeting anger with your child, over time you'll see cycles changing and things showing up differently. And after the anger slows down, I would encourage you to revisit it and problem solve. And so sometimes what's interesting for uh, mental health professionals such as myself is we get to um, meet a child after most often the anger has slowed down and then we get to revisit and problem solve. As a parent, it's really important to realize that that too is an essential strategy. So reviewing, oh, this situation didn't go the way that I wanted it is really important, but then l- figuring out ways in a non-threatening environment to revisit and problem solve with your child experiences that didn't go well. And sometimes that looks like going to counseling so that your family system or your family dynamic can begin to get unstuck in these ways. But sometimes as parents or caregivers, you can actually begin to do this and see change um, very quickly if you're able to be consistent. Part of what is really important though, is to have good supports around you. So a good partner or good neighbors or um, a good core group of friends. I would also encourage you to think about as you're dealing with your kid's anger, to not just think it's going to be done in a few weeks or we're going to go to counseling and we'll never deal with anger again. Um, But sprinkle in books and resources and maybe shows on different things where kids are angry and they do different things and they're helped or they're able to slow down and they're able to notice what is going on inside of their body. I appreciate and really love to read books when kids aren't angry um, that talk about the anger and to help them think about options. And then I also would encourage you, and as well as myself, because as a parent myself, this can be really tricky, is to carve out times for practicing, asking for help. 
um, with your child. So this might look like I'm I have I'm feeling frustrated and I need a glass of water and I do a little enactment with my child and I say, oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm going to I feel like I'm going to yell. I'm going to get mad. I I need help taking a deep breath. Can you help me use my breathing strategies? Up one, down one, up one, down one. And, and going through that, or I'm feeling stuck. I think I need a drink of water. Do you think that you could help me get an ice cube for my water? And they're involved in that process. So they're watching you as you're modeling, dealing with your own feelings. And then hopefully soon you'll see them to be able to integrate that. Or you can say, you know, this works for, this works for me. I see, I see you're getting really tight about that math problem because you're trying to solve it and you're working so hard and it's not coming. I'm going to get some ice water for both of us. So you're integrating, you're practicing you're helping them to practice, not only in the moment, but also at other times. Sometimes I'll even do this when it's hot outside. A resource is ice water. And I can say, oh, think about how that really helped cool you down. That was so nice to have ice water. I wonder if that would work when we're feeling hot because we're angry. And get the children to buy in. Get your, get, get your child to buy into the process. If they don't believe that it'll work for them, if they haven't practiced it, this is going to be much harder for you to be able to integrate. And then you have to keep going. You have to keep on going. You know, sometimes asking for help can um, feel stigmatizing or children don't want to do it, especially if they're angry with in a group of friends or in a game. And so sometimes one other strategy that I like to employ is to have a secret signal that shares the need for help. Sometimes it's a word, sometimes it's an ear pull, sometimes it's a nose tap, but whatever it is, it can be a helpful way for you to practice at home in non-threatening ways for a child to remember, oh, mom's tapping her nose, I'm gonna go get her some water. And see if you can kind of like hide and seek, find when mom needs help or when your child needs help. And in that way, you have these signals and ways to reach out for help, even when you're in the midst of um, different challenging and tricky situations. So that was a lot of information. Anger is a tough feeling, but I hope that was really helpful. As a reminder, just quickly, the topics discussed on this podcast and the resources shared should always be considered a matter of personal opinion. They don't reflect professional advice. If you or your child is in need of mental health counseling support or looking for ways to get unstuck, please search out a licensed counselor or professional in your area for this type of help. All right, folks, anger's a tough feeling, but there is help in resourcing yourself for your child's big emotions. If you enjoyed the topics discussed today on this podcast, please don't forget to join us next time and hit that subscribe button. And remember, don't parent alone.